0: Hey, everybody, Bobby Walker here with the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast, and I keep saying this every week, but holy cow, it's the truth. I've got another awesome guest that you're going to meet here in just a minute, but before I get to that, I need to address a couple of things. If you're watching the video, you may notice there's some uh, Minnie Mouse ears on my head, and you think, well, that's odd. Well, here's what's odd about it is I just didn't have any Mickey Mouse ears in the house, and... (laughs) so I had to wear my wife's, Uh, but we live just a few minutes from Orlando, and I've got my good friend Sid Graff on the show today, and when we were just briefly talking on Voxer before we started recording, uh, you know, I was like, all right, Sid, we're laid back, you know, it's not a formal thing, it's a Saturday morning right now, it's 10 o'clock where I'm at, I think it's 8, is it 8 where you are, Sid? Probably 4 a.m. where I am, it seems early. Okay, well, it's earlier where he's at, and I, I don't know the time change for sure, but he was like, no, man, I'm just going to be hanging out. I'm going to be chewing on some bacon. And then I thought, well, hell, if he's chewing on bacon, I'm, gonna, I'm in Florida. I put on my pineapple tank top shirt. I put on my Mickey Minnie Mouse ears. And then my favorite thing, we were just talking about this before we started recording. I got this super cool mug. So Sid's drinking out of a mug that he got from doing this race, like to the top of like Mount Everest or something, the, the Sentinel Hill Climb. That's pretty cool. And then I was showing him mine because I'm like, if he's chewing on bacon, I'm going to drink a cocktail so i made a little cocktail this morning and i thought we'll drink that and this mug sid is super cool back to the whole disney theme if you notice it's kind of like a um what, what do you call these things I, I can't even think of them right now a totem. i uh, not yeah i totem like a uh, uh a tiki kind of thing yeah. right so at disney world at the grand Floridian, not the grand floridian at the uh at the, the the polynesian hotel they have this really cool enchanted tiki room bar it's just super cool, and nice. um, if you can buy their specialty drinks, and then of course for like three hundred dollars, you can keep the glass, you know, <laughs> in an old Disney fashion. <laughs> so anyway, this is a really cool. It's like a volcano, you know. Can you see that? It's a volcano that's erupting, and oh wow, it's got the tiki mask on there, and and uh, and it's got. Um, I really, we're kind of barren in our cabinet, so it's just got some like, like, uh, Kool Aid and vodka in there. So I don't know. Okay, uh, yeah. But yeah, all right. So anyway, the ears are coming off. No more, uh, no more mini mouse ears. I don't know if that was an epic intro to the podcast or if that was a terrible one. But I'm going to tell you this much: I liked it. So I hope you do too. Um, so let's get into it. Sid, how the hell are you, man? Who the hell are you? Like, it's it's good to see you.
1: Good to see you too. And it, I'm doing great, actually, really good. It's funny when when people ask you, like, you know, you bump into a friend you haven't seen in a while, it's like, how are things going? And A lot of times you ask that, and somebody's like, "Oh, my dog died. Oh, you know, I've got knee cancer, or whatever." you know, like, "You know, there's problems." And honestly, I I can't say I don't have any problems, but I'm in such a good spot where I'm so incredibly thankful. I mean, I'm so grateful, like that my my family is healthy, my wife is amazing, I got four children that won't clean house. That's so cool. And (laughs) yeah, and you know, the business is is rocking. I've got an amazing crew, and I'm just so grateful. Yeah. That, that things are like, they're clicking. Um, it makes me think of, uh, have you, have you ever heard of Ramit Sethi? No. Ramit Sethi whatever. He's, a, he's an online guy that he wrote the book. I will teach you to be rich. It sounds kind of corny, but he's actually a really astute uh, dude. <clears throat> but I just remember reading something on his, his email, maybe it was in his book when he said, he said, um, constant struggle is not the normal way of life. It shouldn't be like that. Hmm. And I, I was like, Oh my gosh. That, because and, and I'm sorry, I, you just asked me how I'm doing. Now. No, keep going. This is good stuff. Philosophical, but to you know, sometimes you struggle. I mean, you people, have, you, we have problems. Things happen. Yeah. But for the most part, see so you guys. Um, really, you shouldn't struggle every day, constantly, for your whole life. I mean, not certainly not in in this country because you have yeah. the freedom and the opportunity to do things different. And your reality or your results are based on what's in your head and what you do. So, yeah. so by the way, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> that, that was a cool answer, actually. I love it. Uh so man, we, we promised each other this was gonna be like the Joe Rogan podcast of service guys, right? We're just we're just yes. two dudes. We're we're having some drinks. I think well, I'm having a drink. You're just I think you're drinking coffee or something, but uh you we're I, drinking coffee. I don't know what you're drinking. I'm gonna pretend that it's a cocktail just like mine. But uh, but we're just two dudes just um we're just going to talk about stuff that that's cool. I've really been looking forward to this episode. I actually just recorded an episode with Pat Clark and uh, it was probably, actually, I think it was the most epic uh, story that I've had someone share with me, you know, I, and I don't know if you know Pat well and if you've heard a story, but uh, I'm not going to go into it right now because I might release this one before I release Pat's, but uh, wow, it, it was amazing. But I was, really, I was really looking forward to your episode for a different reason because, of course, your story is not nearly as good as his. No, but, it's not <laughs> <laughs> But you're a really fun guy, and I thought, Sid's going to – it's just going to be a blast having you on here. But before we go any further, I've got to tell you, I'm, I've got to confess something to you. Okay? You ready for this? I, right, I hope it's a man crush. I've got to press record here so I can yeah. place my later well, at when I go to bed. So here's the thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like drop this on just anybody um but since I've got to know you and like you're just a super cool dude I think I think you'll take this well Sid, I kind of didn't like you at first now not it was before I met you though now here's why here's the story a year and a half ago ish okay I posted on this Facebook group that you know very well the growth vault and um but my, the listeners may not know it. But the Growth Vault, is actually a great Facebook group if you are uh, an entrepreneur. It's just—it's a very uplifting one full of positivity and sh- strategy talk. And yeah. go check it out. It's good stuff. But anyway, I, I posted on there and I said, hey, guys, I'm looking for a good book idea, a good book to read. And whoever, you know, give me a recommendation and whichever book I buy next, I'm going to give you one of these. And I, I had one of these Don't Be a Little Bitch bracelets. That uh, I got like from um, Grant Cardone, yeah, and I, was, and I was I thought I was being funny, tongue in cheek, and I'm like, I'll give you a, I'll send you a bracelet, you know, and you posted on there. Well, here's a book for you to read, Bob, but you can keep the bracelet. But that is cute, though. I <laughs> thought, <I> <laughs> what an is, asshole! I was like, oh, who is this jerk? I don't, I don't <laughs> like this guy. And uh, so I saw you at the huge convention last year. And uh, like four different times, I almost went up and punched you, but I didn't. And uh, yeah, thank uh, you. By
1: the yeah. way, <laughs> I owe you a beer?
0: Yeah, of, of course. I'm kidding about that. But um, I, uh, but I actually got to meet you. Um, my listeners have heard about the BBB, the Business Bourbon and Bullshit event. Yeah. You're one of the guys that goes to that, and we met back in January in Nashville. And uh, I'll tell you, man, you're you're just a super. You're. I know a lot of people that are really good people. And I think you're a really good person, but you're also like beyond that. You're just a very interesting dude. Like if I was a betting man, I'd say you've probably backpacked across Europe. Am I right? Where'd you get that information? I don't know. I'm just you saying you're to the,
1: kill you later.
0: You're the kind of guy that, that I think would do or, or India or something, or, you know, I don't know. You've like climbed Everest or something, but, um, but anyway uh, yeah. So you, you were so mean to me back. You bullied me on the internet, but you've redeemed yourself and, <laughs> i just so it, that it is funny because <clears throat> i would probably like
1: when you say it i go yeah i probably wrote that i probably <laughs> wrote it thinking like here's a record don't don't waste time sending me a thing man just pain yeah. you know, <laughs> in the butt for you to have to address an envelope but things are so dry on text or, yeah. like <laughs> that's how people get divorced they text their their wife and they go honey i cleaned the bathroom and honey thinks Oh, you're poke. You're like, you're, you know, you're getting in my face about yeah. the bathroom. <laughs> like, and it, it gets all twisted. And in
0: reality you were like, no, I was like, babe, I cleaned the bathroom for you because I love you. And she just took it the wrong. And yeah. man, am I right? Am I right? That's right. It happens. Yeah. So, so listen, tell us about you, man. Uh, I know you fairly well. Uh, I don't know you ultra well, but I know you enough to know that I like you, even though you bullied me on Facebook. Um, but uh, I don't know your whole story. I mean, I know you have a, window cleaning business and you've had it for a number of years but I'm not even sure how many tell us give us the sibs story and let's do like the overview and then, okay. then we'll kind of come back maybe and and dig into the cool stuff so go cool okay cool so and we'll, we'll
1: is anybody see this on video or is it audio only
0: no the, so it'll be both so okay. audio, uh, video goes on youtube audio on the podcast
1: so for those of you that get to see it, you are blessed indeed. You have people that are on audio. Are so you going to have to find it? But there are two things you should notice. One is like the remarkable, it's not resemblance, but like just the hairstyle.
0: Yeah. These I two
1: guys it. got some sexy beast hair grooming going on
0: here. Bald head and goatee and yep. just dripping and sexy.
1: Oh man. And so you did say winter cleaning.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love so it. So he's showing us
1: superhero hero shirt.
0: Love it. He's so he's, he's got a shirt with uh guy kind of like in a suit or tuxedo and he's pulling it open like superman he's got a squeegee underneath i like that
1: yeah it's like clark kent but there's no s under there it's just a squeegee yeah um so anyway so you 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 did mention it and i'll, I'll start the story this way and you'll see how this relates to everything else i share and it's at um when Denise and I, Denise and my amazing wife, we, last year we celebrated our 25th anniversary, which is nice. absolutely astounding to me. I never thought I would even get married. I couldn't keep a girlfriend. I couldn't keep a cat when mm. I was younger. Um, but anyway, so before we get married, a remarkable thing happened. We were talking one day and we became friends. And this is a beautiful woman. And of course, normal thought pattern for me was, this is a beautiful woman. I should make sure I get her in my bed. Yeah. But I didn't think it that day. I thought, wow, she's really smart. She's interesting, so we became friends. We were talking one day, and and, uh, we were on a hike. We lived in Nashville at the time, and said, "And I said, you know, Denise, I've always wanted to go to Europe." And she's like, "Well, me too." And I said, "Well, actually, I am going to Europe. You know, it's not just bullshit talk. I'm going to go." And she said, "Yeah, well, me too." And I went, "Now I'm going this summer," and she went, "I'm going too." And I went, (laughs) "You want to go together?" You're like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." I'm like, "Cool." So we literally we we had a yard sale, got rid of everything, we sold everything we owned or gave it away. I remember the last day I had a friend that needed a car and I had, you know, like this land yacht car. I drove it to the airport, I'd given him a key copy, drove to the airport and parked it in the parking lot and left it, you know, just locked it. And then, you know, left him a message and said, it's parked in this zone, just gave him my car. Wow. But we we headed to Europe, we had a one-way ticket, we, and our, our resolve was, this is our actual plan, verbatim. It's like, we're going to Europe for a year, we'll camp to save money, we'll work our way around, it'll be great.
0: Dude, that was I so just great. want, I want everyone to know that's listening, I did not know this. When, oh, when you, this,
1: are you serious? I thought no, you were I, like alluding to that.
0: No, I swear to God, I had no idea. I, would just, I, I had no idea. I mean, you literally just strike me as the kind of dude that would do this. So that's, that's really cool. <laughs> so we,
1: so we had, with all our earnings from the yard sale, we, and no kidding. I mean, this sounds like such an idiotic move. If one of my kids were going to do this today, I would advise them distinctly differently. We had $300 and a one-way ticket to Frankfurt, Germany. Wow. We knew nobody didn't take a map. Didn't, I mean, nothing. I was like, we're going to Europe. It's always summer in Europe. We landed November 6th and it was 14 degrees in Germany. Why did I not like oh, wow. consider that it might be winter and cold? So camping was out. So the first night we were there, um, we, we stayed in a cheap hotel near the train station. We, it was, we, were, we were all jet lagged and whatever's like, let's get some rest. We'll get up. And I, and that's when there were like 50 different currencies in Europe. So the, mm-hmm. the German mark and the US dollar, I did the exchange rate in my head. Well, I did it backwards. Oh, and no. instead of figuring out that this room was, I thought it was like $38 a night. Well, it was $80. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's 25% of our money was gone yeah. the first night we hit the ground. And, and it was so cold, like our mantra was, we got to go south. So we, we bought a cheap, here. God, we were broke. We, we were so <laughs> broke. It was so funny. We bought two uh, uh, train tickets south to so like two towns south of where we were. So we were in Frankfurt and then, I don't remember what it was, but we were headed for like, we were headed for Sicily. It was like, how far south can we go? We're going to Rome. We're going to Naples. We got to get where it's warm. Um, but when, we, when our stop came up, we pretended we were asleep because the train ticket guy comes through and yeah. he's like, tickets, please, tickets, please. You've seen that, that scene in, uh, in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're on the blimp. Yeah. And, uh, where, you know, he pretends to be a German agent. Tickets, yep. please. And then he throws the guys out of the blimp. Well, that, that's what we thought was going to happen. They're going to throw <laughs> us off the train. And we, uh, so we pretended we were asleep. And it's all oh, that cute couple. And it worked for like two stops. And then the guy woke us up. He's like, tickets. And we showed him. And he's like, basically, in German, you got to get the hell off this train. You know, he, he was actually nice. He said you missed your stop. You get off the train and get on the other one and go back two stops. And we're like, uh, uh, we can't do that. Some nice kid was on the train. He was on uh, the Freiburg College soccer team, and he he came in and saved us. He and his whole soccer team had toured the U.S. the previous summer playing soccer, and they had been hosted well. They've been treated great. And he's like, no, no, no. And he told the guys like, yeah, they're with me. They're right we're getting off the next stop. So we get off and he's like, you got to come with me. So we show up in this college town. He takes us to his buddy's place and we ended up like drinking all this German beer and they they wouldn't let us pay for anything. And like, this is a good start to this trip. Yeah, We were dancing on the pool tables in some college, you know, like pool hall. And then we continued our, our quest. We like hitchhike south, hitchhike south. Well, the, to shorten up the story, we ended up um, when we got to we got to Italy and we, we ended up on the coast near Naples, uh, the Salerno area, which is the Amalfi Coast. Really beautiful, but it's not that beautiful when you have zero dollars, like yeah. you're destitute. <laughs> like, oh my god! So the, for one week, and I'm not kidding, we managed. We bought a, a loaf of ciabatta bread. It's like a big chunk of bread, like a mm-hmm. horse's leg. It's real hard on the outside. We got a piece of cheese, and that's what we ate for a week. Wow! Like that's all we had. And and uh, we managed to get a little bit of money enough to get a, a boat ride. We went to Greece because we're like, it's got to be warm in Greece. Yeah. It's Mediterranean. <laughs> we get to Corinth wintertime. We we uh, we broke into a campground that was closed for the winter and camped there. And we we just froze for a mm-hmm. week. And it was – but it wasn't horrible because we were on this grand adventure. Well, that's what
0: – yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What, even though you're having the – we'll call it the grind. I mean, what was your, your mentality? Was it still pretty cool at this point Were you still thinking, Hey, we're, we're yeah, in Europe. It was, it was like, you know, I
1: think it was 25. You're like, you're 25 years old. You get the world by the tail. You think you can do anything. You can walk through fire. You can walk on water. Nothing can go wrong. I, I do recall being, we ended up in, in Athens for a while. And the, the pressure of knowing that we were homeless in Europe with no money and no food and no prospects. And I was like curled up in a ball in the corner crying. Like, I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. I, like, my brain began to collapse. Um, but after that, things got a lot better. Uh, we ended up in we ended up in Greece for 10 and a half months. We actually got married on the island of Santorini on the edge of a live volcano. You get your volcano mug. Wow. There's a, there's a volcano. It wasn't active like lava flow, but it's active like steam's coming out. It's the, uh, the caldera in the center. Santorini is once was a giant round island, but there was the big explosion in like 2000 BC that took out Iraklion and the <clears throat> um, where a lot of times the 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 uh, the story of Atlantis comes from that big eruption. Mm. It wiped out the Minoan civilization, which was hundreds of miles away. And um, but we so the the volcano is still active and it's grown a small island out in the the bay of this big crescent island. So we took a little boat out there, had a ceremony on the edge of the island. Some random dude was our witness. I mean, it was not legal, but yeah. it was our wedding. Yeah. And when we got back to the states, then some months later, we had a small wedding with Justice Peace. Got married. Twenty five years later, we're here. So here's the, like, there, there's a there's so many stories within that story. I'd love to share because it I mean it had such an impact on my life. But the main thing was, I think this was um, uh, who's the there was a Roman philosopher that is like the father of stoicism, um, hmm. stoic, Seneca. Seneca wrote, he's like, he like, once a year, yeah, I'll, I'll mess up his quote, but the the kind of the essence of it, once a year, you should just eat the, the most basic of food and sleep outside, wear old crappy clothes, and then after a couple of days, ask yourself, is this what I was so afraid of? Because hmm. like, people are afraid, like, oh, my God, if I lose my job, I'll lose my house, I'll lose my car, I'll be homeless. Oh, it's yeah. terrible but we were literally homeless in Europe for about six months out of that year. And coming back from that, it was like, when any challenge comes up, I'm like, really, is that all you got? That's not that bad. Like it it eliminates, but you know, once you've been held at gunpoint, you don't want to be held at gunpoint again, but you realize, okay, it's, they didn't pull triggers. Not the end of the world. I'm not that afraid. That's
0: said this, All right, that's it, folks. Podcast over. That was an awesome story. (laughs) Wow that that is I'm I'm jealous, and I hate to say that I don't know that jealousy is a great thing, but dude, how freaking awesome is that? Um, Okay, so what's next? You know, married married on a volcano, uh, backpacked across Europe, homeless half the time, love almost every minute of it. I'm assuming most most minutes,
1: minus the freezing.
0: Yeah, minus the freezing
1: part. Once we got into the Mediterranean, well, we kept chasing, like, go south, go south, go south. That was our mantra. We got to Athens because Athens is, I mean, it's Mediterranean. It's, it's semi-tropical. It was the first year in 35 years it snowed in Athens. We could <laughs> not up We're like, oh, my God. What? Okay. Uh, let me, let me, I'll t- I got to tell you, I'll tell two little snippets. Yeah. Goes into and it, at some point you probably want to talk about business, but it's sometimes it's more fun not.
0: to. I'm not in a rush.
1: Okay, good. Um, so we're in. Um, we we ended up at, oh, we were on the island of Crete. So we were, I mean we were like we were desperate when we were in Athens because we actually had to pay for a place to stay, but we didn't have money. So they ended up one of the places ended up holding one of our passports and keeping it when we left the city, and we had to get enough money to go back and pay them to get our passport back. That was. That was a, that was scary shit. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. That was, it, it, there's a more to that. But anyway, we, uh, we get to this little Island. We're on Crete, uh, on the North shore of Crete. And we had gotten a job through an English language na- newspaper that was published in Athens. And we, well, we got this job. We're going to work at the banana bar. And it's just a tourist bar. That's only open the summer. And we meet the couple that runs it. And they're like, you're hired. You're great. Well, they didn't want me. They wanted my wife to work there because she's beautiful. Yeah. They wanted her to be a bartender because she knew how to. She did know how to bartend. She'd done it before in Jersey, but more than that, it was the culture there. It's like if the they like to have a beautiful woman bartend and it's common where the local guys will come in to get a drink, and they're like, "Oh, you know, señorita." They don't. That's not Greek, but yeah, I'm going to buy you a drink. So they'll buy two drinks, and then the bartender's supposed to sip a drink with them, hmm. and they're like, sip a little bit and then dump it out because they'll get you know. Some,
0: I was going to say that would be a
1: long, long shift. For the right person or the wrong person, that'd yeah. be an ideal job. You're just drunk all the time. Yeah, and you're getting paid. Um, so anyway, we get down there. We get to that job. Um, my wife has such vital integrity. They they wanted us to do stuff that was desperately unethical. Um, the third day on the job is what happened. That the third, the, all these weird things started stacking up. But day three, now we had spent literally our last drachma to get the boat ride from Athens down there. We got nothing. And so the pay is, the pay was roughly, it's like you have a place to stay. We give you one meal a day and $5. Hmm. So five bucks a day. And, and the shifts weren't that long. They were like from 10 PM to 2 AM, 3 AM, whatever, you know, party time. Um, <clears throat> but one day um, a comes in and she's the owner and she's like, okay, Today, I'm going to show you where we cheat the people. And we're like, what? It's like, I show how we cheat the people. And I'm like, I, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. And she's like, so the, she goes and shows us behind the bar. There's, you know, there's the rack of liquor over here. And then there's a rack of liquor back here. Yeah. The two shelves. And they get the same bottles on them. And it's like, oh, if we're busy, you get two bartenders. You're pouring off two shelves. She's like, if it's a tourist, you pour from this shelf. If there's a Greek, you pour from this shelf. Well, what they had done is they had... They had saved like like uh, your your uh, good liquor brand, you know, like your Grey Goose vodka bottle. Once it was empty, they'd like take skull vodka and pour it in. They just pour shit liquor into a good bottle, <laughs> so that the tourists thought they were getting premium, and they're paying for it, but they weren't. Yeah. And then the but the locals, like if they're Greek, you give them the real stuff. Huh. And my wife is, I I, th- I thought this was the end of our relationship because she said. I'm not doing that. And I was like, we have nothing. We are closer to Libya than we are to rest- Western Europe. We can't get off this island. We don't have any food. We don't have money to buy food. We have to do it. And she went, I'm not doing it. Hmm. And she just told, uh, you know, Aliki, she said, she said uh, sorry, we're not doing it. We'll quit. And, uh, and no kidding. This is the best. Aliki says, Denise, I admire you. You have morals. I have no morals. <laughs> she, was, she was so honest about it. And we're like, wow. So we walked out of there with our little backpacks on our back. And we did, we ended up with like, she paid us for the three days. We had 15 bucks. We walked about two miles out of town and found a spot that was on the shore of the Aegean Sea on a, it's about a, it was like a little plateau and a 20 foot cliff down to the ocean. It was stunningly beautiful. And we pitched our tent and that's where we we're going to be like, and then we started looking for work. Well, a couple weeks go by, whatever. We're, we're, again, we're at zero. We got like 10 cents us to our name. We got no food. We haven't found a job. We got no prospects. I've talked to every restaurant owner in town mm-hmm. and uh, we end up, we're like, we, it's in the morning. We're like, I don't know how we're going to eat. Like we, we'll probably go without food today. Yeah. And we hadn't had much today before. And at that time we hear like footsteps, little footsteps coming down the trail that was not far away. And I opened the tent. We had this little two-man pup tent. Boop, Open the tent, and there's this little Greek girl standing there with a with a pail. It was like, like um, you know, the, the Little Red Robin Hood, mm-hmm. Riding Hood, going through the forest. She got a little pail going to Grandma's house. Well, she's going to our tent. And through a little broken English, a little broken Greek we'd picked up, she said, my grandfather has the garden. And he said, please take this to our guests. And it was a little bucket full of, it was like carrots, onion, Like just, just vegetables out of the garden. Cucumbers. Yeah. He gave us that. And we're like, I was like, there is a God. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it was like manna from heaven for us. Like just, we we didn't know what we could do. And somebody delivered food. It was very modest, but that little bucket of stuff fed us for two days. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, there's hope. And so that happened. Um, I was told you, I was going to tell you two stories. Part of being, being mature like myself, as you forget things quickly, and I don't know what the other one was. <laughs> that's fair. But we did that, so it, it was it was good. Anyway, so
0: have you done a trip? Have you have you had an adventure that tops that? I mean, that's that's like setting the bar really really high very early.
1: Yeah, honestly, I, I've had other adventures that were not as wholesome. That like I went on <laughs> one summer in college with a with my best friend at the time. He's still one of my best friends. Um, we ended up as roadies for like a really ridiculously bad punk rock band called the meat men. This was in probably 1988 (laughs) and did the Eastern seaboard tour up to, you know, up to, to uh, Montreal and Toronto and down the Midwest and the shenanigans and this, this smelly like raunchy smelly guys, 10 guys in a, in a maxi van. And some things that some of those adventures were pretty edgy and, it would probably compare, but not in a, like, I learned a valuable life lesson out of. Yeah. Maybe yeah. my lesson from that was don't do that. Don't do that, that, don't do
0: nice. that again. That's, yeah. Hold, I, I don't even know how to, I don't know that there's a segue here. Uh, <laughs> that's that's super cool. Uh, I uh, And I'm going to say I've never met her, never seen a photo of her, but your wife is my kind of person. I love I love the fact that she had a conviction and stuck to it. Regardless of her um, potentially not eating for the next, God knows how long. Ah,
1: that is kind of scary. So this is this is our wedding picture. It just happens to be down here in the basement. It's got like, a lot of glare on it, but yeah, she's still she stunning. I think yeah. You can see that. I had hair. That's her firstborn. Yeah, that's, that doesn't look she's like lovely you. La- last there. But.
0: I like Sid better without hair. I like yeah. Sid better without hair. So good stuff. Sexy so, beat. All right, so unnatural segue what uh so you, you get back so you were there for a year you said right so you get you get yep. back to the states 26 ish years old uh then what happened
1: just so here's here's funny we we're sitting on we we're like sitting on the on somewhere on the edge looking out at the sea and we're talking about oh we were this when we were in santorini so beautiful god we we're looking out at this big ocean there's a volcano in the distance they're like if we ever go back to the States, where do you want to live? And both of us were like, agreed, was like, gotta be beach. It's gotta be a place with a beach. Yep. And we're like, well, California or Florida. And we both were like, yeah, I've been to LA. So it's not California. I've never been anywhere other than LA in California. So that's a pretty poor impression of the yeah. entire state. We're like, well, Florida, I've never been there. That'd probably be cool. And, uh, she said, uh, she said, I, th- I have an uncle that lives in St. Petersburg, Florida. And so we looked on, we got a map and looked and like, St. Petersburg, Clearwater. That sounds really nice. Clearwater is such a pretty name. So we picked it on a map when we were sitting on, you know, the shore in Santorini. And sure enough, you know, we get back to the States. There's a good deal of shenanigans that got us to the point where like we had money to drive to Florida and move there. We showed up sight unseen like Clearwater. Here we are. And we got to find a place to live. Um so that's where we parked it. And we, we landed there. And, uh, and I didn't, I, I dropped out of college and went to Europe. So I didn't finish a degree. I had different plans. and um, But I, I grew up on a farm and a ranch. So I've, I am not averse to hard work. Yeah, you, I can work. And that was like, that's the only thing I could do. It was like, I don't really have a strong back, but I will not quit. I work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out to get work. And the, the, you know, I, I talked to some construction guys. So I had a little bit of like experience framing and stuff and they, they're like, well around here you take half your pay in sunshine. So we'll give you five bucks an hour. <laughs> I'm like, you kidding me? Like minimum wage is six. That like, doesn't matter. Five bucks. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. Well, I threw sod. I I did some construction. I got a sales job because I knew I could sell. And, but I like, we I ended up with two sales jobs and I quit both of them within a week. Uh, in in this was probably just a random draw um not indicative of everything but both of the sales jobs they preyed on the retirees and senior citizens mm. and they were like very unethical they're like i don't care if it puts them in bankruptcy and they lose everything at age 80 you if they want to buy it you sign yeah. like don't leave anything on the table hated it so i i actually got in a in a i'm a very mellow person but i again this screaming argument with our last manager and left you know see ya Hmm. Um, I I get back, we had this little tiny like efficiency apartment um about four blocks from the beach, and I get there, and it's a garage apartment, it's behind somebody's house. The guy that lives up front is window cleaner. And he's always happy. And he's just a dude. I mean, he did he wore like a t-shirt with sleeves cut off and a pair of, you know, shitty shorts, drove around big four-wheel drive pickup and just you just said, go clean the windows and come back, had a beautiful wife, a couple kids, just seemed Really happy, yeah. so I, I got back and I'm like Jude, you know, and we'd become friends. I'm like, man, I quit my job. I I'm like, I'm really struggling. Rent's doing two weeks. Like, can I can I go with you tomorrow and watch what you do? Like, maybe I can clean some windows and make rent. He's like, yeah, come on, let's go. So he just we went on. We were out for like four hours. He's doing route work. It's got 180 bucks at the end of that four or five hours, and I, I was like, oh my god,
0: yeah. <laughs> a little better than five bucks in sunshine,
1: huh? Yeah. You're like a lot of cash. I'm like, you know, here's what blew my mind. He's like, well here, like I think I cleaned one window that he had to redo He's like uh, trying to figure it out. And he's like, he handed me 90 bucks and he says, well, here's your half. And I went, "Get no, I can't. What? what? I didn't do anything. He's like, no, you're with me. I'm gonna give you half. It was charity. Wow. Nice he see. was a, he was a very generous and very kind man. Yeah. Um, and then, but then I was like, I started asking him questions. I'm like, that's really all there is to it. I mean, you just go do this and that. And he's like, yeah, that's it. It's no big deal. I'm like, would you be okay if I started like trying to clean windows in the area? I mean, I don't want competition to be weird. And he's like said there's 1.3 million people in this County. There's enough business. Don't, yeah. don't worry. I'm like, Oh, <clears throat> so he literally, he gave me a pickle bucket in a, in an old edery squeegee. Yeah. It was, you know, it's kind of bent, put a new rubber in it straightened out. he's like, here you go, man. So I went out and like the next day I'm just knocking on doors and like, boop, boop, Hey, I clean windows. Can I give you an estimate? I'm just trying to make rent. That's all I got mm-hmm. in my head. And I remember the first job we got was uh, there's a, a farm store. They still have farm stores in the that oh, central Florida area. I,
0: that was the brand. I, I don't think, Oh no, I've never, never seen one. So.
1: Okay. It's just a little convenience store and it, 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 maybe it had 18 panes of glass, you know, big, big enough windows. I go in I, and I, I'm sure I'll never forget this. I go in, the manager's name is Mark. I'm like, Mark. And here I am, like, I've got a ponytail. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, like hustle. I'm like, okay. And he, I was like, can anybody clean your windows? Can I give you an estimate? He's like, sure. How much? So I go out and I, I pretended I knew anything. I had no idea. I never yeah. asked him, like, how much you charge? What do you? So I came back in. Uh, he's like, so how much? I went, four bucks. He's like, sweet. <laughs> do it. There's 20 windows, right? Yeah. It took me two and a half hours, <laughs> maybe three hours to clean this. Yeah. So like, I'm working for a buck 50 an hour. And he pays me, and I'm like, so "You probably want to get these done again, maybe in a couple months." He's like, "No, I do it every week." You're oh rich. my god! <laughs> I remember being outside. I would have called my wife, but cell phones hadn't been invented yet. This was, you know, back when we were still doing smoke signals. Yeah, and, uh, I, I'm like, I am my scared. grandparents it told was, me about those days. Yeah, that's right. It was when everything was in black and white back <laughs> in those days. Uh, I got home that evening, and I told my wife, "I'm like, we got, to had four dollars." I'd, I'd been out for like seven hours at four bucks and I was thrilled. I was like, I'm like, honey, look at this. We yeah. I'm like, all we need is a hundred accounts like that. We're going to be, we, we've got it made. Cause I was like $400 a week was more than I could imagine. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. So, it, I mean, we started very, very modestly and literally I, we, we did that in Florida for eight years, um, with a, with another very godly turn, um, this is a funny story. It's not funny, but, but it's long. So if we can kill some time, is that what you want? Dude, kidding. do your <laughs> thing, man. I, I'm, I'm loving every bit of this. I'm just, I'm just hustling around. Like well, I had a good friend that um, he's in the, he's got a marketing agency, but it's like a big money marketing agency. His main client is Cadillac and he's very prosperous. And I asked him one time, I'm like, I'm like Bill, can you, like I just started this business. So like, give me some insight. Like what's like, what do I need to do to be successful in this area? You know, in central Western Florida. And he's like, Honestly said, show up. That's all you need to do. And I'm like, oh God, will you please give me some real advice? But he was right. He was like, the amount of people I gave him shit about. And he said, he's like, you don't believe me, call three plumbers and make and ask them to come by and give you an estimate. He said, if anybody even shows up, they won't be on time. Mm -hmm. So I did it, and he was right. I was like, oh my gosh, this is easy. Well, I went to buy to see him one day in his fancy office. And there was a dude, there was a, they had a big atrium with like some second floor windows with a big ledge. So there's a dude on ladder getting off on the ledge, cleaning windows. And I just said, Hey, window man, what's up? And started a conversation with me, came down, shook hands. He owned a, what I thought was a huge window cleaning company at the time. They were probably doing, they had like a $200,000 window cleaning, him and his part um, of annual revenue. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. We, we got to talking. And I said, look, if you ever need any help with, like, you know, you got too much work, can't handle it, whatever, call me. So a, little, a week later, he calls me up and he's like, hey, I got a job for you. He um, said, so we can't get to this lady, da, 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 Here's the address. We charge her 75 bucks. She has like, like 30 French doors across the back panel. And 75 bucks, clean them in and out. I'm like, cool. I'll take it. So what I didn't realize what actually happens, they started like – Lower income from window they, cleaning. Sorry. My thing's <laughs> going on. Stop they started throwing me all the garbage work, like mm-hmm. stuff that they were like, we ain't doing this anymore. Call Sid. But yeah. the first time they threw me a job <clears throat> afterward, I just went and bought a six pack and I drove by their office and I'm like, dudes, thank you so much for that job. It, it was like 75 bucks. Took me four hours to clean. I thought I was killing it. Yeah.
0: That was a great job. Yeah.
1: I gave them six. Way I back gave,
0: then, you know, way, you know, hundred years ago when you were doing yeah, it.
1: When a hundred dollars was worth a million, you know, yeah, it was like, that was a lot of money. I bought a new car off the lot. <laughs> <laughs> 20 bucks. Um, I took him a six pack, and they couldn't believe it. Now these guys were just a little rough around the edges; uh, didn't have the highest ethics. I didn't know that, but yeah. for me, I'm like, "You gave me work when I needed it most. Thank you so much." Six pack. They started giving me all kinds of work. Well, mm. one day they called me up, and they're like, "Dude, this was okay." So this was just before the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and they're like, "He calls one day, is like, Sid." we're selling the business. We're moving to Atlanta. We want to get there before the housing market gets too hot so we can get a place. we can get established. We're out. I'm like, wow, that's cool. When are you leaving? Like next Friday, they were probably running from something. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like something blew up and they're like ducking out of town and they're like, you want to buy your business? I'm like, I don't have $200 in my bank account. I can't buy your business. They're like, just come over and talk. I'm like, okay, I'll come talk. This is cool. So we get, what ended up happening was, They had residential and commercial. So I bought the residential half of their business Mm -hmm. and that that was what they did. They gave me a discette with 800 customer records on it. Like, here's the business. And they said, you have a power washer, right? And I'm like, no. They're like, like, Tom, do we still have that piece of crap power washer? You know, Darth Vader. Like they tested out work like, okay, cool. You got this. So they gave me a power washer. They gave me, um, the, like we call it the hurricane. It's like the flat surface concrete cleaner. Yep. The gig. Give me one of those. Give me some hose. It's all garbage equipment. But to me, it was like, you're just opened up a gold mine for me. Yeah. And they even gave me the, this the really horrible trailer that they had made from an old truck axle and a bunch of like scrap plywood. And, but they like, here's all this stuff. You can have all this. And, but the, the thing was, it was like $5,000, $5,000. They said, this customer list is worth a hundred grand a year. I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't conceptualize. So to give you like, here's the, this is our third year in business. It went like this first year in business. I worked my tail off. We made Mm $9,000 and that was not a lot of money even then. Yeah. Like that was it. That was me. I'm hustling. I didn't know what the hell I was doing the next year, Mm $27,000. I'm thinking, okay, we can, we can, we'll make it. We had it. We had our first child that year. Not a great idea as far as money and yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. That kind of money. I bought their business, so I borrowed seventy five hundred dollars from my mom. Bought their business for five grand. I had to go buy a computer, a Mac, and this is a computer that the hard the the uh, the hard drive, not the memory, the hard drive was five hundred megabits, I'm like, <laughs> and it was twenty one hundred dollars. When when was this? This is ninety six. Ninety six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and that was like cutting edge, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I get that and and we get all started, so I borrowed seventy five hundred dollars Well, I had a friend that had been successful in window cleaning that had just moved the area, was starting a new one. He had built and sold in Idaho, built and sold somewhere else. He was there and i 'm like so i what i what I managed to do i thank God I at least had the the force thought or the 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 smarts to I went through that customer list and I managed to to geo so i cherry picked everything in my neighborhood because this stuff yeah. covered from from Clearwater Beach to Tampa Bay to other side of Tampa and Valrico and North to Newport Richie. I mean, it was pretty scattered out. Yeah. Although they were like, like big money, professional athletes and stuff. Big jobs. But I cherry picked the top 200 in my area and I told him, I'm like, I've got a hot list of 600 clients I just bought from this guy and I'm selling. Like I took 200 selling the other 600. It's beyond my scope. And he's like, sweet, I'm interested. How much? And I said, 7,500 bucks and he went, he was like, I'm coming over with my checkbook. He was wow. so excited. So I borrowed 75, I bought the business. I took part. I got the trailer. I got the computer. He cuts me 75. I sent it to my mom. And so that year we had some actual business. We made, this is when I thought, honestly, God, I thought I'm like, we're probably going to be millionaires. We're going <laughs> to kill it. I made $56,000. That was gross. That's so awesome. Like, that's
0: still awesome yeah. though. Yeah. That's it, this is the best story. This, this is the best story, man. I talk about journey of a new entrepreneur. This is it. So just keep, I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> That's what
1: you said. Remember when you first talked about, Hey, journey, of new entrepreneur, I'd love to have you on the show. I'm like, you can change the name to journey of an old crusty entrepreneur.
0: <laughs> I might make that the title of the,
1: of the episode. this episode. You know, do some extra gray and wrinkles. And, <laughs> but we, uh, So my first few years in quote unquote business, I was not a business owner. I was, I was Bucket Bob. Mm -hmm. I worked out of the grossest piece of shit car. I strapped ladders.
0: Why do we got to call him Bucket
1: Bob? I mean, I don't know. I heard somebody say that. I don't like it. Oh, is it Bucket Tony? Okay. Bucket Tony. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tin Bucket Tony. I think his name is, I hope you've seen it, but if you haven't, I'll send it to you. Um, My rusty buckets a character I made up, Rusty Buckets. His 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 mentor in life is Rupert Puddle. Oh
0: yeah, I've seen I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And and he's
1: a disturbingly happy person for his <laughs> level of incompetence. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, so I was Rusty Buckets. And I was just a guy with you know like a five-gallon bucket splashing in the trunk of a beat-up Plymouth. It's rusted outside, the the uh the vinyl top is torn. I'm strapping ladders on top, putting a ladder on with a bungee cord, like just if I had ever had to hit the brakes, it would have launched yeah. like a rocket. Like it was really bad. Um, so very scrappy and very raw, and, and we like like we didn't leave paycheck to paycheck. We left like farm store four dollars to the next farm store four dollars. Yeah. Well, we ended up doing okay. We we did that for eight years in florida and i had a couple of these are air quotes for those you can't see it employees the, mm-hmm. the employees that you're like you do the work i'll slip you a little cash everybody's happy didn't report anything i never said that out loud yeah um i don't know what you're talking about yeah i'm talking with well, the rusty buckets guy he yeah, told me that's that, that so sure the business. That. Yeah. i'm like no you can't do that you got to be you got to <laughs> put everything on the books let me hand you cash you report that right now right now um we did it for eight years. We actually sold that business; literally gave it away. We our revenue was like a hundred and ten thousand that last year, and I sold it to a friend when we moved from Florida to Montana um, for twenty seven thousand hmm. dollars. And it was over it, payments. It, we split that up in even payments over a year. I think he gave me four grand down. I don't remember. But it's the same guy that bought the other six hundred accounts. Oh, yeah, he was excited about. It. He was excited about because um, SunTrust Bank still in the area. Mm-hmm. Yes, SunTrust yep. Bank. I had the regional account. We did 56 branches of SunTrust Bank on a quarterly basis, power wash. It was like driveway every quarter, windows every quarter, in and out every, like the whole building every year. It was a, it was a good contract. One contract is like 50 grand. So he wanted that and he got it. So we moved to Montana. We were doing volunteer work for a church we used to be a part of and we, so part of the deal is like you get here, you have to get a part-time job in town. You can't start your own business. I argued with the ministry leadership about that because that's all I knew how to do. I'm like, come on, I can make more money and less time, have more time for ministry work. And they're like, no, get a part-time job for eight dollars an hour, and which was literally it was an eighty percent pay cut for me at that point. And yeah, but I did it willingly. I mean, we were here to do something, you know, like doing the Lord's work, right? Yeah. A, what we thought was a good and righteous thing to do. Um, so we did that for a year we left the ministry and we left the state and hmm. I went you, know,
0: to, I, you probably don't know. I used to be in the ministry actually. Did you really? Yeah. We can talk about it over a beer sometime. Good oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I'd love to. I'd love to. We, we we learned so much about life and godliness through the ministry work, even though we like now we don't go to church anywhere. We still do like a home fellowship with our own children. We mm-hmm. like teach your kids the way that, you know, they should go and when they're old, they won't depart from it. So we're, yeah. we try to, Raised with a sound mind, a biblically based sort of a belief system. But we moved to Nashville and I started a different company and a completely different industry. And I, I won't talk about any details of it, but it took off like a rocket ship. I could not believe it. Like the the first month revenue was 30 grand and that was 85% profit. And then the next month wow. was, it was like, wham, this thing is going. And, I, and I, I was, I was shaky going to bed one night. I'm like, Denise, if this is the trajectory, we're going to net $400,000 this year. Now, i had never net more than 50 grand. Mm-hmm. So I, it was, I was shaking. I was like, I, I don't know how to handle this. Well, it didn't continue. It we went straight up and like the rocket booster failed and the rocket fell back into the ocean or the toilet in this case. Yeah. So we end up like we're 80,000 in debt. Uh-huh. We're on the doorstep of bankruptcy. Everything's falling apart. My my wife, uh, we we're we're facing some serious um, physical medical challenges at the time, like where she like for her to walk from the bedroom to the kitchen takes five minutes. Is that kind of oh, wow. this is not a big house, right? Mm. So things are things are delicate and difficult. Mm-hmm. We end up we're like, we were talking one morning, we're like why did we ever leave Montana? I loved it there so much. Why did we leave? We left right after nine eleven because that shifted our paradigm. And we realized like we're, we're so far away from our families. <clears throat> we need to be closer to family. So yeah. our kids can know their grandparents, their uncles, stuff. So we moved to Nashville because it was a drive from everybody that we're related to. Mm-hmm. But then we moved back to Montana. We get to Montana and we are broke. And so I, I did, you know, what any reasonable person would do. I spent $100 and joined prepaid legal multi-level marketing and started, started hucking memberships. Um, I ended up, I was the top membership sales in Montana for that year, but my months would go like one month I made $1,200 the next month I made $200 the next month I made $14,000 the next month I made $0. So this isn't going to work. Yeah. And we got to the point. So this is modern story. Now we're in Missoula, Montana. This was 15 years ago. I said, honey, like, we had, we, this is about the middle of the month. Our rent's a thousand bucks. I'm looking at getting evicted. We've got three little children. My wife is expecting, like we're starting over from below scratch. Mm -hmm. We're still 80,000. We literally, we didn't have a telephone because we didn't want bill collectors calling us. Like we disconnected. Yeah. And uh, like, we have $20 to our name. We can't get any more credit. We're gone. And I'm like this, we are going to implode. And I said, and I still had a bucket with a few squeegees. I'm like, honey, I'm going to go clean windows. We're going to get out of this. And we're, everybody's kind of like, stress is not make you more. It does not make you produce better. Like no, there's no. nothing about stress that makes you more effective. Not at all. Um, but anyway, I, I invested five bucks in like, I still had a laptop and I, I printed a little, just a quarter sheet flyer, made some copies at Kinko's. I went out on Saturday cause I knew, I was like, this is my plan. I'm going to knock doors on Saturday and sell jobs I won't do them on Saturday, though we're desperate for money today. I'm going to schedule everything for next week, Monday, Tuesday. So I sold three jobs on that Saturday. So, I got, so highlight of my career, Monday morning, I go down to Home Depot to buy a ladder because I, I booked a two-story house. I didn't think to ask the homeowner, can I borrow your ladder? Yeah. I was like, I got to go get a ladder. So a 24-foot ladder, it's 200 bucks, and I'm at the counter and I write a hot check for a ladder. Mm-hmm here you go. When does this get deposited? I'm thinking I've got to the end of the day. Well, I go straight to this dude's house and I already knew how to clean. So it wasn't a big deal. I like clean the windows about four hours, collect a check for 210 bucks straight to the bank goes in the bank. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get a hot check. You know, it's not going to compound. Like we're good. Then I go to the next house and it was 200 bucks and I collect a check and straight to the bank, then to the grocery store. And you know, sidebar, did you know that children actually can get, Tired of macaroni and cheese?
0: <laughs> no, I did not.
1: <laughs> it takes about three weeks of eating nothing but macaroni and cheese, supplemented by a little beans and rice, and they're sick of it. Yeah, and that's what we had been doing. And uh, so I went to the store and I just bought groceries. And I came home and I came in the door and I've got like sacks of groceries and and I've set them down and, and I told my wife I said it's going to be okay. You're going to be and she starts crying and mm-hmm. I start crying and I realized she was crying because she looked in the bag and I just bought like. Forty dollars of macaroni and cheese.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> it's all I know. <laughs> what? There's something else. Yeah.
1: No, so that was like that—the humblest of beginnings. Again. Mm-hmm. But we turned. We started growing that, and and um, we did okay. I hired an employee a year later, and then we like we. But it really, for for nine years of this current business spectrum. Um, it's just me and a couple of guys, like right? Just hustling. I worked out of my house and I rented a detached garage behind somebody else's house for a hundred bucks a month. And we got two you know, crappy vans and we're just driving around you know, trying to get things done. But, but, I, but I work from a perspective of like, how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. You're my customer. How can I serve you best? How can I give you more? Like if they're expecting me to do you know, one, two, and three, I'll do one, two, three, and four, no extra charge. And like always over deliver, always complete integrity. If something breaks, I own it. Like even when it's painful and, and always viewed every customer I got as like, until one of us dies, you are my customer. Yeah. We're, we're in bed for life.
0: Um, quick question, just to yeah. help me out with the timeline. So you moved back to Montana, you had the macaroni and cheese, uh, grocery visit. When was this? That, was, was, had- that was, that was 2003. 2003.
1: So okay. 15, gosh, 16 years ago. Yeah, it was June of two thousand three, and very and so I I named my business Spectrum. My previous business in Florida was like AA Action, it was like hmm. all A's in action because we wanted to be listed first in the phone first
0: book. in the phone book. Yeah, for, yeah first in the phone book, a book phone. for a reason.
1: Yep, and uh, so this company that the dude that bought our company down in Florida, um, he had nice, his company name was Spectrum, and he had nice polo shirts, and I had one of them because of our you know whatever I had a shirt, so I go out to start the the new business. And I'm like, I want to name it action because I like that name. You know, yeah. cause I'm, that's just, you know, whatever ego stroke. Right. Um, but I don't have a shirt that says action. I'm like, I have to dress nice. So I put on a spectrum shirt that says spectrum. So it looks official when I knock on doors. So that became my company name. By that's default. cool.
0: Um, but now it's, you know, you know I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt here. Yeah. I really don't like the name spectrum window cleaning. As a matter of fact, when I see it, it pisses me off. And I think you know why Sid, well you know do you know where I'm going with this? I right. let me tell you where I'm going with this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listeners, so Sid Sid and I uh, we're in this group of guys um, and in all seriousness, and I'm not trying to be funny, it's actually a pretty uh I would call it pretty prestigious group. It's a group of dudes, um, it's our BB and B thing, and um, can, can I gotta
1: tell you something real quick about that. Yeah. Like, I refer to it. Is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I, I love it. That's what I tell people here. They're like, Where have you been? I'm like, I was hanging with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah,
0: I love I it. it, it. It's, it's just awesome because, well, it, it's a bunch of winners. It's just a yeah. bunch of winners. And I have the privilege of, of being a part of the group. And uh, so we've got this big chat that we all, you know, just, you know, we ask each other for advice or help or we, or sometimes we're just offering, you know, best practices in this chat. And, and, uh, one of the guys spoke up and said, uh, Hey, I'm trying to focus on my Google reviews. Who wants to do a contest this month? And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to do a contest. I'm, but I have this problem. I can't back down from it. Ch- I need to stop this. <laughs> I, I, this is a real problem for me and it's cost me a lot over the years, but I can't back down from a challenge. Yeah. Right. So he's like, who wants to do it? And like within three seconds, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. And, um, And then, so Sid, and then Dan Plata, who was also on the podcast, so uh, joined in on it. And so they're like, all right, whoever gets the most five-star Google reviews this month is going to win. And I'm thinking, I got this in the bag. I'm the newest company out of the whole group. And I, I think, Sid, you have the most reviews after me. And I'm like, I've got twice as many as Sid, and he's been around a lot longer. So obviously, I'm just, I'm gonna walk away with this. Basically, easy money. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And, and it's the 11th of the month right now. As as I'm speaking, it's the 11th, and I've got like nine Google reviews, which is pretty solid. You know, yeah, nine new reviews. And Sid, uh, I've got this dashboard that that I'm always looking at, and this auto updates and stuff. And this morning, and I know he did it this morning, just because he knew we were recording. I get a little <laughs> notification, and Sid's reviews increase yet again, and I think uh, – I'm not going to pull it up for the sake of time, but I, I think he's at 30 for the month. I'm in second place with nine, and Sid's at 30. But here's the thing. I know what you're doing, Sid. And, and the reason I don't like Spectrum is because you got TRT with my nine reviews, and then you got Spectrum window cleaning up there with 30. But I know what you're doing, Sid, because I looked at your Google, my business profile yesterday, and you haven't reported all of them and you're letting you're letting me report mine thinking that I'm gaining ground and I know you're just saving them up so that way when I get close you're just going to drop the bomb and try to try to discourage me let me tell you the jokes on you my friend I'm already discouraged and (laughs) it's not gonna work I'm so busted (laughs)
1: oh I didn't think anybody would look at what the actual reviews are so I have to tell you something and and I was gonna save this somewhere in the the, the conversation, but honestly, God, you make me a better man, and, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. It, and it works like this. So I have a little competitive streak, but I didn't realize how like vital it was. When, mm. when we, you know, it's like, yeah, let's have this contest. I'm like, yeah, man, okay, good, it, because I'm like, it'll make me focus more on reviews. In April, we get I teach it. We have a you know we have a protocol when we collect. The job is like, thank you so much. Would you recommend us to a friend? Yeah. Would you mind posting a review? They go, yeah. I'm like, cool. We'll send you a link. That's our, our close. Yeah. Everybody's supposed to do that. In April, we got four reviews Four. Yeah. Four. and I don't think any of them came from our guys in the field. Mm-hmm. So when you, you said contest, I'm like, it it is it, almost like uh, trading places. You could, we could have bet $1. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to win that dollar. I'm going to defeat you, Bobby <laughs> Ricky.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to tell you something uh, again for the listeners. Basically what it is is each company's got a hundred bucks in it. So the winning company gets 300 bucks, you know, right. and like what I told my guys is like, Hey, we're all going out to a steak dinner. If we win, we're going to a steak dinner. Well, I just want you to know, Sid, I don't care if that steak dinner costs me $1,500. <laughs> I'm going to incentivize this shit out of my guys. <laughs> that? Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. That's good. Um, <laughs> Okay, so, with so I'm that, sorry I, that was a big sidetrack. You company spectrum, carry on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just finish that track. So I, I took you. You recorded uh, just a little. You, you sent us all a recording in the the group about this is how I'd get reviews. And yeah, and it, I totally. We, should have,
0: why did I do that at the beginning of the contest? I should have waited until the end of the contest.
1: Till the end, and yeah. so you could have to say this is why I won. We do yeah. this. Well, you'd already you'd already shared that somewhere else, but then you recorded it for like all twenty five of the League of Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. And I'm like, this is so good. I had started implementing it from before when I heard it. But I I like we had our team meeting. I was like, everybody sit down, be very quiet. You got to hear this. And I, and I played it. I'm like, this is how we're going to handle reviews. And I said, the incentive is if they get if they na- if you get your name mentioned in a review, you get ten bucks. Well, I kind of screwed myself on that deal because we work in two man teams. And I was intending I'm like I can pay ten dollars per review to to reward the guys, but the first review comes in it's like, you know, like Tom and Shayla did such a great job, I'm, and they're like ten bucks each, right? I'm like no five. And they're like, yeah, I had it written on the board if they mention your name ten dollars. Like, damn it, okay, yeah. okay, I'll do that. And uh, it's still no worth it
0: to be honest. I do I do a ten dollars per person, and it's still worth it.
1: Yeah, so we do we do as well. But then the next day uh, we just finished this bank building and this we didn't ask the bank manager for a review but he he called our office and he said hey i want to post a review online who worked on that job i know you had a bunch of guys on there <laughs> and i'm like how did
0: this come up we,
1: He ends up he he does this thing he there's named a,
0: there's a naked dude in the
1: back of the screen there man yeah well that's you know that's how <laughs> it
0: rolls
1: you want to hear more stories i got yeah. stories no okay. no keep going with your bank <laughs> He, he he posts a really nice review for our company, and he says, Patrick G, Patrick L, Zane, Austin, Shayla, <laughs> he seven people. I'm Most like, expensive review ever. <laughs> no, you can't have it. Anyway, anyway, so anyway, just the fact of it's like this is you know we we're we'll probably touch on that. Like I do the 80-20 show. I I I really am focused this year on the 80-20 principle. How do you do more with less? And a lot of times the the most remarkable lever that gives you a huge result is not something you physically, do. It's how you think. So when, when, when you triggered this and it's like competition, I'm like, I'm doing things to compete, to win, like, like, you know, a pair of Mickey Mouse ears for a prize that I would have never done, even though I knew these things need to be done. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, boom,
0: like I, I just turned on to like, I got to do this. So anyway. well, last, last comment. And then we're going to keep, go back to your story here. Okay since i gave you the script and and the strategy on getting reviews for the half. sake of for half. the sake of the contest i get half of all your reviews so if you get 30 i get to add 15 15 to yours I, yeah cuz I, I think it's only fair it's only fair i'm a host all right there you go all right carry on all right back to okay. spectrum
1: the the last tidbit i did tell my guy i told my my not my production manager but our safety guy he's like second in command um I've, we we had a conversation about the con- the thing, and I'm like, if we hit this benchmark in the month of May, I didn't tell him that I'm having a contest with somebody else. I just said, if we hit this benchmark, I'm going to take everybody axe throwing. Like, we'll take the whole team to the axe throwing place, nice. and you know, there's a brewery across the street. We're gonna have a couple beers. We're gonna go throw axes, and he's like, so he's pushing everybody. He's like, hey, you got to ask for your views. Got to ask for so it's not coming from me. It's coming from some of the team, which makes it really effective. Yeah, that's good. Good yeah. stuff. So anyway, we started this uh, spectrum window cleaning here in Montana and started with like pure grit and hustle. I had everything to lose. I had no, I had like, we had, we had no money. We had no contacts. Like, we we're starting from scratch and below zero with this big debt load. And we just hustled it out. And I, you know, we, we grew a little bit, we grew a little bit. And then we're no kidding. Like we in, in the industry at large, in our, in our BBB group, I mean, we we talk about building a business. Mm-hmm. Well, I was not interested in building a business. I was interested in paying rent and having food for my children. And that was that was my vision.
0: That was I me at first as well. I, I completely get that.
1: Yeah. So like eight years in, I go, I'm like, wait a second. I could I should actually turn this into a business mm-hmm. and think about like and so I told my wife, I was like, When I turn forty five, I'm not carrying a ladder again that maybe I said 50 cause that just doesn't seem right. Cause I, that was 45 was eight years ago. Um, but I was like, well, in order to do that, we're going to have to do, 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 so we just, I started, here's what happened. I started studying in the wintertime. Winters are long here and no work. And so I spent winters like eating beans and rice cause it was really tight, but I started studying marketing, business management, you know, sales, things like that. And I knew I had a decent grasp on some of that stuff, but I really started to study and uh, I implemented, uh, put together a marketing strategy for the next season. And I said, I'm going to pull the trigger on this thing. And um, the, the, the previous six years of business. Okay. So there's context, six years of just grit and hustle, not really know what I'm doing, but just trying to pay rent. We had averaged acquiring a hundred customers, new customers a year because we had 600 customers at the end of six years. Yeah. The next year I turned on my marketing faucet and we did. To, so this number sounds weird. To be fair, we, we bought another guy's business. We acquired 400 customers, but we added 1200 new customers in one wow. season in six months. It almost killed us. I mean, we really, it was too much, too fast. So keeping up with all that was ridiculous. We had a lot of customer attrition because we weren't doing a quality job. So we were rushing and da da da. But we went from 600 customers to 1800 customers in a six month period. And wow. I was like, Oh my God, marketing works. Yeah, It works. So we, you know, we added of that like 800 organic new customers mm-hmm. in a six month period. And that's when I went, I was like, we can turn this into a business. I can turn this into an asset. If I can get it where it operates without me, somebody can buy this and that like, here's my retirement money, yeah. whatever. I mean, that's pretty basic. But, um, so now i like, fast forward from that. So like guy with a bucket, a guy with a helper in a bucket, you know, working out of a beat up van, um, context, um, day before yesterday. So we've, we've got five, five vehicles now. And, uh, right now we're fully staffed. We have 12 technicians. So we, we just hit that point. That's the most I've ever had. Um, to to contrast this with with we have one dime and no food and we're in a tent in the middle of God knows where, um, my my production manager goes, hey, we're gonna have to get another van or do something because Big Whitey's starting to fade and da, da, da. that's the name of our biggest van, and but we just you hired these two new guys so we need more vehicles we can't operate, and I was like oh so I called a guy that we bought two vans from last year. And he's like, mm, those are hard to come by, man. That You know, buying a, you know, a, what we do the Ford Transit Express, the little ones. Mm-hmm. But he said, finding those used is really difficult. People hang on to them. I'm like, okay, well, just do what you can. I mean, I've got a month or two. He calls me the next morning. He's like, oh, my God, we've got one. We actually had one in a lot I didn't know about. We've been using it for parts delivery. You want to see it? I'm like, sure. I'll go down mm-hmm. and see it. And we negotiate a little bit. And I'm able to, like, I, he's like, how do you want to find it? You put anything down? I'm like, yeah. He's like, how much? I'm like, hundred percent. He went, what? You're not gonna finance? I'm like, no, I've got my checkbook. We we need the van, and was able to stroke a check for nice a new van without even breaking a sweat. And not, I don't, I, I hope that didn't come out and sound like no, bragging. It
0: no, it didn't at all. Let let me add to that because that, that's that's actually awesome and. You know, I had like when I mentioned Pat Clark on the podcast and before we started recording, he was like, I don't want to talk a whole lot about, you know, like how much I'm making this year because I don't want to come across as bragging. And I was like, that's fine. You know, people, you know, we do your thing. But to me, I'll put it this way to the to victims, you sound like you're bragging to people that know that they can make life what they want. You just you sound like an inspiration. And I kind of don't care what victims think of me. And I think you probably feel the same way. So that's good stuff. And let me add to that because I had no idea. I swear I'm not lying. I had no idea about this backpacking across camping across Europe thing. That was the most epic story ever. (laughs) But but you were in Europe last year and I know this because I'm Facebook friends with you, even though you bullied me on Facebook, not that I hold a grudge, but, um, I watched it, and I didn't see any tents. I saw, I saw really, really nice hotels, and I don't remember everywhere you went, but you were there. It felt like forever. Was it two weeks or what? How long were you over there? Four weeks. We were gone for 16 days. Yeah, and you stayed in really nice hotels with yeah. really big lobbies and basically did whatever the heck you wanted, and I don't think you lived off of a hunk of bread and cheese for three days. I don't think that happened during that trip right
1: yeah not so much
0: and and the reason it didn't is you you kind of had one of those moments where uh well first off the reason it didn't is is you're a hustler but there's a lot of hard workers that don't get to where they want to be in life because hard work alone doesn't get us there but hard work is a requirement it's just not the whole thing but you had one of those moments the switch flipped and um and you started working hard and you started doing the right things, yeah. And now you go to Europe and you stay in hotels instead of tents. Now you got a cool house that looks like you're in a man cave with a cool TV and fireplace and all that stuff behind you. And you and and you've got a podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll plug it for you. The eighty uh, twenty is it the eighty twenty service podcast? Is that the, the official title? Official title is the eighty twenty
1: service business podcast. The easy way to find it. I just I registered. So that's okay. the show dot show.com. So to get there.
0: And yeah. so now here you are, you know, literally living on the street in a tent and, and today you're, you're, you're teaching people how to grow a business and we'll use the phrase or the term to automate it, so to speak, yeah. where you can, you went to Europe, you were gone for 16 days. And I think I remember hearing you say this, tell me if I'm wrong. You came back and had more money in the account than when you left, right?
1: Oh, by by a stretch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's super cool. That's not bragging. That's just showing what doing the right things every day equates to. And that's, that's, that's inspirational, bro. I love it. Love it, Sid. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. Honestly.
1: Um, Let let me, I'm going to contextify what you said. So 25 years, whatever. When when we got married on a live volcano in, you know, Santorini, Greece, Mm where We had nothing, you know, we, so it, we'd always wanted to go back. And so our 25th anniversary was last summer. We planned this trip for a little while and we went to Paris, Vienna, Prague. And like the contract, like we were homeless the last time we were in Europe. This summer in Europe, we stayed in five-star hotels. Yeah. And, but there's, there's like, I, I'm, I still have a frugal aspect to me. And so for two years, we, we saved our Delta Sky miles on American Express. Europe for the business card. And for two years, I saved our, our uh, Marriott points for that. So so our round trip airfare to Europe in, in uh, not first class, relighted, but in comfort zone, which is really nice, um, paid for, thank you, for business expenses going to credit card points. And our lodging in five star, five star in uptown Paris, this place is like 500 bucks a night. We paid zero. I mean, we, we paid for it with points. In, well, you
0: know, our, with hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of business revenue put on that yeah. card that, that you generated by working your ass off. I love that's it. it.
1: Same so, thing in Prague. The hotel in Prague was so beautiful. They, in the lobby, when you come down for breakfast, they had a woman playing harp live. Like, cause and I thought it was coming through the stereo somewhere cause I didn't see her. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's really beautiful. And I turn around and there's Anna playing harp and and while we're having breakfast, I, I know she started playing the theme to, um, uh, the mission it's from the mission soundtrack with, it's a movie from the nineties. Robert De Niro it was it was, the composer was, um, Ennio Morricone. He's like a famous Italian composer. He's in his nineties and he still tours. Hmm. This guy's a phenomenon. And one of the greatest contemporary composers of classical music. Can you hear my dog barking in the background? It's not a problem. Okay, cool. Anyway, um, so I go over, she's playing that and I go between when she stops and I, and I talk to her for a moment and I am like, I love that song. Ennio Morricone. I said, he's phenomenal. And she went, if you have time, you can come to the concert, you know, next week. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's, she's the harpist for his orchestra. Wow. How she's awesome. like a professional harpist tours the world. Just happens. She's like, when I'm in town with a few days off, I just come play in the lobby of the hotel and I was like, Oh my gosh. That's
0: cool. cool. Let let me do this. So, first off, as I had hoped and as I had expected with you, this episode that we've just recorded—and we're not done yet—but this is exactly what I had hoped. I I wish every episode was like this. Obviously, with each individual's you know personality in it, but uh, talk about the journey of an old crusty entrepreneur. This is it, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) This was cool, but. I do want to, um, I always like to be able to give some, um, uh, as Latimer always says, some nuggets. Um, yeah. Well, <clears throat> talk a little bit about this eighty twenty thing, you know, uh, including yeah. the podcast, but not limited to, I know it's a philosophy, uh, maybe a strategy even uh, that's helped you, I think. When that switch flipped, I think that's kind of what it was that did it for you. So, uh, give us a um, a little bit about that, and then like I know you have a uh, I think you have a uh, website dedicated just to that where people can learn some more on that too. I think yeah. if I remember right. So, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and it's very true. So, something you mentioned last time we talked, you said there's a difference
1: between being productive and busy. Yeah. And so the eighty eighty twenty thinking, it's simply mm-hmm. it it literally is. Having the thought process of going, "How can I do more with less it 's leverage. How can I get a bigger result with a less effort here 's a great example um, if you If you want to dig a swimming pool in your backyard, put in a pool, you could get a spade shovel and start digging mm-hmm. and you could and you could be a hardworking son of a gun, maybe you 're a farm boy from West Texas, like me, and I would not hesitate to get out with a shovel and dig eight hours a day for about three weeks and have myself a swimming pool right. So there, there's nothing wrong with hard work, yeah. but you go, well, how can I do more with less? Like, what if I got three friends to dig with me? Well, we just cut the time, you know, by four, but that's still digging with a space shovel. But what if, what if you were silly enough to pay a guy with a backhoe that can come over and your hole's dug in a day and you never broke a sweat?
0: Hmm.
1: I would argue that that's better. That's I mean, better. It, in most contexts, that's better. Um, get, hang on just a flash. I just got, uh, a note from the uh, the sun. Let's see. Oh yeah, go for it. Cool. cool. Yeah, my paycheck has been waiting for me for like two days. Sounds good. How can I still get that ten of the gold card? Yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So so, no segue. so so you can always there. There's always a way to do more with less. And you think of this as in a simple example, of like whether you're digging a hole, you get a backhoe. Mm-hmm. What about like if you have a big dream for your business? You cannot achieve it by yourself. You're going to need help. You're going to have to build a team. Yeah, like, When we hit the point where, okay, I've got 600 customers, i probably hustle my butt off and clean windows for 600 houses in a year. That I could do that. But I can't do 2,000 houses.
0: Yeah, and probably so not I'm, 700 even. You're probably yeah. at your capacity at that point.
1: Oh, yeah. And you're not like, your marriage is is going to suffer. Your yeah. kids are going to suffer because you're working all the time. But what if you just take and like build a team. So now well, I've got four guys that work and they can do more work. They're not, and obviously Bobby, they're not as good as me, right? Cause I'm <laughs> yeah. the best in the world. Is, of course. Know, I would say, um, but I could get four guys that are half as good as me and put them together. They do twice as much work than I can by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, well, what if you have 10 guys? Well now suddenly you've multiplied the efforts, but there's, so there's, there are ways to leverage or do more with less and, and, sometimes it's hard to think about it in your own business because you're so ensconced in your business that you don't yeah. see what's going on. But if you're thinking about, you know, like Latimer says, keep chopping wood. Have you ever chopped firewood with an ax?
0: Uh, yeah. I've broken some but, handles as a result. Cause I'm very not, I'm not good at targeting that damn log. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so chopping. So it was like uh,
1: Benjamin Franklin or somebody's like, if I had to chop wood for an hour, it's been, I spent, you know, five or 10 minutes chopping and the rest of them sharpening my ax. Mm -hmm. If you've got a sharp tool, you get a lot more done with less effort. But what if you take away the axe and just get a chainsaw? Mm -hmm. Like you're using a tool to leverage yourself. So in window cleaning, maybe that's going from only doing traditional window cleaning to doing water-fed pole window cleaning when it's it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like in that context, if we're doing a two-story house with French windows and we switch from going up a ladder and squeegeeing it to cleaning that with a water-fed pole, like it cuts the time by 75%. Mm-hmm. So you just went from, if you're squeezing at 50 bucks an hour, now you're going to $200 an hour and I guarantee you you're working a lot less hard. So that's an easy way to get more with less. There's always a way to get more with less. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. You can't like delegate for somebody else to go to the gym and work out for you and get a result. it's yeah. work. But in the context of business, you can always, you can delegate something, you can offload something, you can outsource something, you can implement a system, you can, get better equipment you can get better vans you can do silly things that make a big difference. There's one well, silly Well, you th- know,
0: I think a a cool point uh, you, using that gym analogy, I know it's not where you were going, but just like using this 80/20 principle just let's just talk about life because business is included in life. Yeah. You can delegate shit so that you can go to the gym. Yes. Yeah, you, know, you can delegate stuff so you can go to the gym and have time with your family and your team is still making you money. You know, yeah, you can do those things and that's what makes you more productive in life, right? A part of life is living a healthy lifestyle. You can't yeah. do it if you're doing all the, all the shit on your own. You can't do it. You can't. So let me, I, and
1: I, I'm almost hesitant to do this because I don't want to be taking out of context, but I'm going to, I'm going to deep dive on this. Okay. So deep dive. So they're, they're always like, they say small hinges, you know, big doors swing on small hinges. Mm-hmm. So a small lever can have an, an, like an, a 10 times effect, a hundred times effect. And usually we think of those in context of it. Well, it's a tool. Well, it's, you know, it's training other people. It may be implementing a training system that cuts your training time. It gets people affected with all that thing. Honestly, the biggest 80 20 levers in life is like when you go down from tactic to strategy to principles, go down a layer below that it's belief systems. So belief systems and structures like what you genuinely believe in the depth of your heart is going to, it's going to dictate what results you achieve. Here's what I mean. Um, if you believe as I did growing up, like we, you know, we heard all this stuff in, in church, like it's, it's harder for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven than for a camel to pass the eye of the needle. Mm-hmm. Now as a little boy, like I get my, you know, logic is, is thin and I go, I want to go to heaven. I want to be rich. Rich man can't go to heaven. What are you going to do? You're not going to be rich. I will not be rich. I will be poor mm-hmm. so I can go to heaven. That's, you know, that's my, my five-year-old brain. But a lot of those things get stuck with you. And, and you may have heard this growing up too. People say, well, money is the root of all evil. Yeah. You know, the Bible says money's the root of all evil. Well, if you read it, it doesn't say that. It says the love of money, which is avarice uh, concupiscence or greed is mm-hmm. the root of all evil. This is quite different. Right. Now, but if you believe that money's bad or that money's the root of all evil and like no matter how much money you get, you'll find a way to make it go away from you. You will be a repellent. You can take the same actions that the guy next to you is taking. You'll be broke as a joke. You're poor and the other guy is getting wealthy. Why? It's because of what's in your head. It's like mm-hmm. your belief dictates your outcome. Even if you don't believe that's true, it's just cause and effect. Okay. It's a little more complex as far as like weaving it together and finding the root cause. But if you can eliminate some of the root cause, so this is a story that I can't go into in detail, but the short version is, if you've ever heard of Perry Marshall, Perry Marshall, I think his first big book, he's an internet marketing guy, but he's also a business consultant. And he wrote um, the definitive guide to Google AdWords. This is back when Google AdWords first came out. Uh, he's written, I think he's published eight books or something. One of them was the 80-20, let's see if I got a copy nearby, it's at the office. Um, 8020 sales and marketing. It's like the the ultimate guide to making more with less.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he this guy, if you wanted to get a one-day consultation with him, it cost you 10 grand. Okay. Wow. And it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um he he hosts events every year where like the ticket price is two grand for three days, and it's worth it. That's like it's worth way more than that. Well, anyway, I ended up through a a really fun, but interesting chain of events. A guy came and made a movie in Montana and they filmed on property that I manage. I helped them a lot. And at the end of the deal, Joshua, the director says, you helped us so much. Really want to do something cool for you. Um, I've got this friend that's a big shot business consultant. He's agreed to give you a one half day consultation. You can do about the the leadership camp. You can talk about your business. I don't care anything you want. You just have to go to Chicago. I'm like, that's really generous. That's cool. Uh, Who is it? And he said, well, his name's Perry Marshall. I'm like, what? Harry Marshall, the guy that wrote 8020 sales marketing, he's like, Oh, you've heard of him? I'm like, Oh, hell yeah, this guy's, you know, like a rocket scientist genius. Yeah. And, uh, so I end up meeting him. And um, so our, our business consultation, I show up, we show up to an Ethiopian waffle restaurant in Oak Park, you know, outside of Chicago. A cup of coffee, handshake, I make a joke. He thought it was funny. I'm like, All right, this guy's probably not a super nerd. We're going to get along. And we, I, I've got my P and L's for three years. I'm like, let's talk business, your business. So I'll figure we're going to get in the numbers. And we start talking a little bit and he's like, he just says, let me ask you a question. I'm like, yeah. And I'd resolved before we ever met. I'm like, whatever this guy tells me, I'm going to take it to heart. And if he asks me a question, I'm going to be so dead honest, like no pretense. I'm not going to try to impress anybody. Like we did, you know, $300,000 nothing. I'm like, no brag. I just want to learn. So I emptied my cup, what do you got from me? And He says, "Honestly, what do you think is holding you back from making money?" And I'm like, you know, it whirling through my mind is uh, need more customers, better employed, blah, blah blah. You know, like, and but it, it whirls backwards, and I'm go down, 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 down. Like, go level, mm-hmm. and I went, I was like, "Holy shit!" I went guilt, hmm. and and I thought he was gonna slap the guy sitting next to him. He's like, he's like, honestly. I work with companies and people for three, four days before they ever get to that answer. Hmm. And, and I'm like, I like, I do. It's like if I'm making money sitting, you know, like I'm, I'm sipping coffee with my wife. I've got four guys out working. I'm making, you know, a hundred dollars an hour net, but I'm doing nothing. Man, I feel guilty because you know, it's the, the Protestant work ethic. I should be out there working. Right. Yep. And, and he's like, and we, we kind of reverse engineered that for a little bit. And I'm like, Wow, you're like, we, we, and you just equate this, the the value equation is like, I don't need to feel guilty about making profit off of the guys working for me because one, I'm providing them with a really good job. We're, you know, who got those customers? Who built the thing? Who set up the processes? Who, like, it's not pat yourself on the back, but it's also the opposite of Karl Marx and the Communist Manifesto. I'm not the evil capitalist extracting value and stealing it from the workers. I'm providing work for these guys and I take care of them and they've agreed to do this stuff. And that if I profit off of it, fantastic. And so, I mean, I, I shifted that thought. That was, was that four years ago? I don't know. That's four years ago. And that's when my business started to take off. So, wow. it took that one little thing, our our little conversation and a couple other things he told me that that I, I won't say now. But, he like, that resulted, in, I worked probably 40% less that year and added an additional $50,000. Wow. And that's then, awesome. So like last year, we took this epic vacation. So I told my wife, like, when we go back to Europe, we're not sleeping in a freaking tent. We're going to do it first class. We're going to drink champagne every day. Like, whatever you want. Let's do it. We did. And I get I had one text message or voxer from my staff, and only to say, everything's cool here. Don't call.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. And I get it.
1: back expecting like a huge pile of stuff that has to be dealt with and fires to put out. And I, Man, I come to work, my fireman's hat on. Fire extinguisher ready, I'm like, all right, fill me in. What's up? And they're like, well, you know, Tom broke a window over here. It's already been repaired. They installed it yesterday. i this, and I'm like, like there was, there was nothing for me to do. Zero. Except I go like my stack of mail. I'm expecting everything in the world. There were four bills, four, that needed to be paid that I had not set up on automatic payment before I left. And like you said, there was more money in the bank when I got back than when I left. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, the first it's moment horrifying. in my
0: life it's working. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like 24 years in, in this industry. And I'm like, I finally have a business. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got Love a business. Not just hardworking farm boy, Sid.
0: Well, so tell people where they can go and learn about the, this 80, 20 principle. And then we'll plug the, we'll send them to the podcast again here in a second. Yeah. But your, your, your site you have set up for that. Yeah, really.
1: I mean, the, the, we're still building a website and I, I have applied the eighty twenty principle to the eighty twenty show, which is I only do twenty percent of the most valuable work. So everything works. So not everything's perfect, but yeah. everything's functional. It's just go to the8020 show.com. Uh, right now it goes straight to our podcast feed on Podbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as the website's done, somebody else is doing that, then mm-hmm. it'll it'll have blog and some other res- a lot of resources that will honestly help people a lot. And that's forthcoming. It should be, you know, next month, whatever. Cool. 8020
0: show.com.
1: Yeah. The 8020 show and it's 8020.
0: Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Sid, any, any final thing before we log off? This has been a blast. I would have, I would have done, if I had to go back in time, I'd do it again. Even if we weren't recording, I've loved it. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts before we log off? Well, yeah, first of all,
1: thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It's, is a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, I like when you said, Oh, was, well, I try to make it like the Joe Rogan experience. You know, it's like, we're just two dudes yeah, not having a beer, but having a good conversation. The beer stories that we have next time will be that I can go a little bit deeper when we're off, off air.
0: Yeah. But, fair enough.
1: Yeah. But honestly, like, like really the, the, the biggest changes that you will ever make in your business or your life stem from changing a core belief system, a core value system. And you can get, like, we, we, you don't come, you don't come pre-programmed with this stuff. You have, Genetically, you're pre-programmed with your like a lot of your personality is not going to change, but the things that you genuinely believe will change. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell I'll tell one story to illustrate that. And this is not my story. I think this mm-hmm. is in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But dude's talking about like he's he's he gets on the subway in Chicago or the the L train. It's not subway. Mm-hmm. It's on the train. Like they stop and then this guy like a dad with three little kids gets on, and the dad sits down head in his hands. He's just sitting there. He's like completely oblivious to what's going on. The three kids are wild as hell. They're running up and down, like running in the train, they're yelling at each other. They're like, one of the kids is going by anybody that's reading a newspaper. He's going by slap, slap, slap Up the newspaper. The hands, I mean, these are, they're little hellions. And the guy telling the story, he's like, everybody on the train is getting pissed off, but nobody will say anything. And this guy, he's like, he started to build up the rage. So he, he's like, reaches over and he says, sir, your children are really out of control. You need to do something about it. And the guy like, as if coming out of a, out of being woken from sleep, he looks up and he's like, Oh, I guess you're right. We just came from the hospital and their mom just died. I really don't know what to do about it. Wow. And instantly this guy goes from anger to empathy. They're like, he thought one thing and it completely shifted. It like, and he viewed it completely differently. And instead of being, I want to punch you in the face. He's like, how can I help you? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Wow. And what can we do to help? So, but all that was like the, the, the end result is completely different based on one change of a thought hmm. you can do that in, I mean, that can happen in any area of life. Usually it's not that dramatic where it's outside force. A lot of times you have to work on it. You have to work on it. But if you can identify like a crap belief and replace it with a golden belief, you're going to generate golden results and it probably is not gonna be instant it's not gonna be that quick of a shift like that story but it'll be like you change your attitude about money today five years from now you can be very wealthy and not yeah. that wealth is the goal but it does help doesn't, oh hurt. It doesn't yeah, hurt it doesn't hurt <laughs> Woo. and you can stroke a check for something without sweating that's probably a lot better than going oh my god oh my god oh my god you know we're we gonna get this repossessed you know, mm-hmm. i've been there too so anyway
0: so thank you so much man thank hey you me. bet love you man good stuff Guys, thank you for listening to the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. Do me a favor. If you got something out of this, just share it. Share it on Facebook. Share it with a friend. Text it to him and say, listen to Sid's amazing story. It was good stuff. I hope you guys have a great day, week, month, year, life. Peace out.